Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 2nd, 2018. And we have an interesting slate to talk about tomorrow night because there are really just a lot of good pitching options. There's a lot of underpriced pitchers and not so many offenses to use. So right away, just getting into the, the pitchers, Jacob deGrom, 11,500, Steven Strasburg, 10,800, Nola at 9,900, Severino, 9,200. I'll put these guys like the high-priced tier. Of these guys, which do you think are in play, Matt? Well, I'm not sure if we're going to like too much of any of them. I think most of them are worth at least talking about, but I I definitely think we're going to be going cheaper a pitcher for this slate. Um, DeGrom is the most expensive. He's facing a really good offense in the Braves. Um, the wind is helping hitters in that game, and it's going to be really warm, so very good hitting conditions. Uh, DeGrom has upside, but I'm definitely scared of the matchup with Acuna up and the Braves already being a pretty decent offense. Freeman, Albies, uh, Inciarte is actually batting ninth now, but I think it's definitely a good offense. So I don't really love the spot for DeGrom. Strasburg against the Pirates, I think is okay. Kind of just a fair price. Um, if I had to pick anyone priced in the 9,000s or above, I think Aaron Nola against the Marlins, just because of how easy that matchup is, is probably the best choice. Um, the other thing in that game is the wind is expected to be blowing in pretty strongly, but they do have a retractable roof there, so we kind of maybe we'll have to see if uh, Nola gets that extra boost from the wind. But either way, I think he's by far the best choice of these top four guys. Yeah, I think Strasburg is rosterable still. I prefer Nola because it's an easier matchup. Nola's uh, been one of the best pitchers in baseball so so far this year, at limiting hard contact. Something Matt and I were talking about before we started is his strikeout rate. His strikeout rate is down this year, but. I don't think that it's down to the – like, I don't think that there's a good reason for it to be down as much as it is. He is generating a little bit less swinging strikes. Except it's not such a ridiculous drop-off that we should be seeing him striking out only six hitters per nine innings. So I think that the strikeout should come up for Nola. It's a plus matchup for him. So I'm good with it. We've seen a lot of pitchers go up against Miami and just be, like, ridiculously overpriced. And Nola's actually cheaper than he's been in most of his starts this year. He's 9,900. His last three starts, he was 93, 10,600, 10,400. Two of those starts were against Atlanta, who we were just talking about as a tough offense. So I like Noel a lot at 9,900. Uh, I think there's upside in Severino at 9,200. I think there's upside in DeGrom at 11,500. The matchups are just so difficult, and I think there's upside in a lot of pitchers, and I'm just going to ignore these guys because of the downside of their price tags. Yeah, so, I think that's fair. So we can, yeah, I guess get into the mid-range pricing because there are some better choices there. So the best pitching option on the slate, I think, is James Paxton at 8,000. Paxton is still one of the better pitchers in the league. He's had a couple of rough starts this year, one at Texas, a home start against Cleveland. But other than that, he's been pretty solid this year. 8,000 for him against Oakland, who strikes out a decent amount against lefties. I really like him a lot. I think that he is the safest pitching option on the slate and arguably the one with the highest expected output also. Yeah, there's definitely – well, I don't know about safe – in terms of run prevention, because the A's do have a pretty potent offense. They have one of the best offenses in baseball so far this year. I think they were second or third in WRC+. Plus. I lost the tab, but either way, Paxton is just way too cheap for how good he is. Like, he's in the same category of starting pitchers as basically anyone that could be talked about here. Like, I think he he's in the conversation for best starting pitcher, just pure ability-wise, of anyone that's pitching on this slate. So even in a harder matchup, he's just at such a discount that, yeah, the value there is very strong. I think 
Paxton and Nola is probably going to be the primary combination that both of us are looking to. Um, but I, I'm higher on Paxton than Nola because I think there is more value in his price tag, even though the matchup is kind of difficult. Yeah, so the A's have done better hitting against lefties this year. They actually have a 112 WRC+, but they have a really high... Uh, oh, never mind. They have a 21.8% strike rate, so they're not even striking out that much against lefties. Um, so I was thinking about the A's numbers from last year, and I was wrong, so we could throw that out. But I, I still think that just the quality of pitcher of Paxton is too cheap. And then if we're looking at the other guys, in the price range are a little bit above him. Like Houston still probably has a better offense than the A's anyway, and I don't I don't necessarily think Severino is any better than Paxton. He's on the road. Uh, same issue for probably Atlanta. Is Atlanta's actually one of the better offenses in baseball, and they have Acuna up now. So I think that uh, I, I think that the best play on the slate for pitchers Paxton at eight thousand. Um, moving into some of the cheaper pitchers. Zach Godley, 7,600. Newcomb's also 7,600. Dallas Keuchel at 7,000. All these guys are underpriced, and I think they're all rosterable. I just don't love any of them. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think if there weren't better pitching choices, then these guys would all be okay on a different night. But we do have a lot of good pitching options, and it's not really a great matchup for any of them. Like, I think the price is too low for all of them. Godley is pitching in a hitter's park against the Dodgers, who, even without Corey Seager, still have a good offense. Sean Newcomb is in New York against the Mets, which is an okay matchup on the surface, but it's an away game, and the wind is definitely going to be helping hitters for that game. Also, warm weather should be helping hitters. Um, And then Keuchel's facing the Yankees. So 7,000 is definitely well below Keuchel's baseline, although he has been a bit worse this year. But facing the Yankees is just a brutal matchup. Um, Verlander and Charlie Morton both did well against them, but... I don't think we should read too much into that. This is a very scary Yankees lineup. They're almost certainly going to be the best offense in baseball this season. So I don't like Keuchel either. I think he'd be worth a shot for that cheap if there weren't so many other good choices. But in, in with these particular circumstances, I, I don't have any interest in him. All right. So here's the toughest pitcher to, to, to make an opinion on for tomorrow. We have Luis Castillo at 5,300. He's been absolutely awful this year. We have been on the wrong side of him pretty much all of his starts, except for one this year, and that was his one really good outing he had this year was against the same Brewers team, but it was in Milwaukee. So we have Castillo at 5,300. I still think he has the ability to strike a lot of guys out. I also think he has a lot of blow-up potential. So I like the Brewers' offense, and I also like Castillo as a play for his price. How much do you like Castillo as a pitching play tomorrow? I don't think I'm going to have much of him. I think I think he's worth rostering a little bit. Uh, one of the problems is that the other pitchers we like aren't very expensive, so there's just not a need to save this much this much salary. Um, like there really aren't good offenses to pay up for. I think the ones we're going to like are reasonably cheap, so we don't need the savings. And I think the lack of needing the discount probably will have me off him a bit. Uh, his upside is still huge though, so he's worth having in at least a couple of lineups. But I think I may prefer Andrew Heaney. His strikeout numbers have been just unbelievable this year. Um, It's kind of the same boat as Castillo, where the peripherals um, are a lot better than his ERA. But Heaney is at home against the Orioles, and he's a strikeout pitcher, and Orioles strike out a lot, and they're just pretty bad overall. So Heaney versus Castillo, I think that's a tough call, but Heaney also is in a better pitcher's park. Um, I think both are close to neutral. 
it's more just that Heaney has an easier matchup. I think there's less downside for him. Castillo has definitely been worse in terms of strikeouts and walks than Heaney has. The only reason to like Castillo all that much is because of how good he was last year. Like, just about everything about him this year has been bad, except for his swinging strike percentage. Andrew Heaney is actually getting a lot of strikeouts, not walking a lot of guys. He just has been letting up runs. But I think that that's bound to change. I think it's just bad luck for him. So do you agree with Heaney over Castillo, or you kind of like them the same and would want to have a little of both also? Yes, so it's kind of funny because my reservation with Heaney is how bad he was last season. Although there could be some explanation for that. I think he was coming back from a shoulder injury. Uh, he, it was also, he only made five starts. He had a 7.06 ERA and a 9.11 FIP last season. Uh, but he did still strike out a lot of guys. He struck out over 11 hitters per nine innings. He's striking out 13.81 per nine innings this year. So I, I definitely think there's upside in Heaney against a pretty crappy Orioles offense. Um, I, I don't have a ton of conviction in either of them, but I definitely think that there's upside in both of them. So I think they'll both be in my player pool, but I don't think I'll have like more than 50% exposure to either one of them. Yeah, that's fair. I just plan on having a small amount of both because the priorities also, I mean, Paxton, Nola, really just those two, I think, are strong enough plays where you don't need to use too much of anyone else. Um, I think I would... Out of the mid-tier, probably use Godly the most, but I'm not sure if I'm going to actually go there. I think Paxton and Nola are the priorities with a little bit of Godly maybe mixed in, definitely just some small amount of Heaney and uh, Luis Castillo mixed in. All right, so moving into the offenses, I think there's one really obvious spot, and that is going to be the Cincinnati Reds at home against Miley. I think Miley is probably the worst pitcher on the slate. Uh, I think the offenses with the most upside both come in that game. I think it's Milwaukee and Cincinnati are the the two offenses that have the most run-scoring potential. Uh, So how do you feel about those offenses, and which is the priority for you? The Reds are definitely the priority. Like, Wade Miley's best-case scenario is kind of close to Luis Castillo's worst-case scenario. Like, we know that Wade Miley's awful— Luis Castillo just might be awful, but he also might be really good and just having a poor start to the season. Maybe he just needs to make a couple mechanical tweaks and he'll be fine. Um, But Miley's definitely bad. So just looking at Wade Miley's numbers, uh, one thing I will mention briefly that I looked up before we started is that uh, Wade Miley is one of the best pitchers in baseball at uh, pickoff move, holding on runners, not letting up stolen bases. So I had initially liked the idea of a walk-prone pitcher against Billy Hamilton and Jose Peraza, but that's kind of off the table because Wade Miley does one thing well, and it's limiting runners from stealing bases. Uh, the stuff that Miley doesn't do well, it's it's everything else. He walks a lot of guys. Uh, he's he, pitching. Yeah, he's bad at pitching. He's good at uh, he's good at holding the runners on base, but he's bad at keeping them off base. Um, he gives and up a lot the, of home the runs. Reason he's, uh, the reason he's good at holding runners on base is because he has, he's had a lot of practice with runners on base. Yeah, he's had as much practice as any any guy maybe ever. Um, yeah, that's definitely valid. So Miley has a well above average home run to fly ball rate basically every season, 12.5% for his career. Um, last year, he struck out 8.1 guys per nine, walked 5.3. Um, certainly a good spot for the Reds at home. And I'd worried a little bit initially about them having too many lefties because Miley is decent against lefties. But you had mentioned there are enough righties. Eugenio Suarez is back, so that's very helpful. Adam Duvall should be in there. Um, I think Peraza's fine, even though he's not really that good of a hitter. Um, there's one more guy I'm missing here, right? Who who else from the Reds? Mezzarocco. 
Oh, and Devin Mezzarocco, right. Well, if it's Tucker Barnhart, he's a switch hitter too. So whichever catcher is playing, I think is fine. Um, but I do like the Reds more than the Brewers because Miley doesn't really have upside to be good. We know that he's bad, but Castillo might be better than we think. Uh, so I do think the Brewers are worth considering, but I definitely like the Reds a lot more. All right, so there's another offense that I kind of just thought of that we didn't talk about beforehand. What do you think the merit is in making Yankee stacks tomorrow? I think there is some. Uh, there's always upside for the Yankees. Dallas Keuchel's definitely been less good than usual. Um, one of the issues with this current Yankee series, and maybe we should have taken it more into account with Justin Verlander tonight, is there's clearly a pitcher's umpire there. So there's been sharp money on the under in both both games, the first two games of the series. Uh, I'm just double-checking that for... Let's see. For Mon- Actually, it wasn't the case for Montgomery versus Verlander for whatever reason. I guess both of them might just be a little overrated. But we saw a huge surge of sharp money on the under in the first game of the series. I think it had a lot to... Um, could it be because they announced that they were closing the roof like 30 minutes before... Like uh, 30 minutes or so before lock. Maybe it was like an hour before lock. I think it was announced that the roof was going to be closed. Houston plays uh, as a stronger pitcher's park with the roof closed. Oh, so for the first game... Because um, tonight, tonight there wasn't any of that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened tonight. I think uh, there was too much bias on the under because there was a low-scoring game yesterday and because I think Montgomery and Verlander are both marginally overrated as pitchers. But it is clear that we do have a pitcher's umpire for this series, and maybe that's... I mean, that's really, really helpful for someone like Dallas Keuchel more than any other pitcher, I think, because he just works the corners. It's kind of all he does. Um, we are seeing some line movement to the under for this game already, but the Yankees have enough power in their lineup that I think they are worth potentially stacking. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good contrarian spot, but I do kind of like other possibly contrarian spots more. Um, so where where do the Yankees rank for you in terms of priority, or are you kind of just throwing them out there? I was kind of just throwing them out there, but the way that I'm looking at offenses, um, they're my there are three offenses I really want to target tomorrow, and that is Cincinnati, Milwaukee, and then Seattle at home against uh, Brett Anderson. Anderson has been, as you pointed out, his peripherals are better than what his actual numbers are. He has a lot of hard contact. He's also kind of been in and out of the league the last few years. He gets hurt a lot. So I think there's a lot of upside in the Mariners. They're my third favorite offense. And then I think like a very light amount, like one or two stacks of the Yankees would be acceptable. Um, but really the offenses that I want to have the most exposure to is Cincinnati 1, Milwaukee 2, Seattle 3. So for me, the Reds are a very heavy priority, and then the Mariners, Brewers, I think are the next two teams that I would mix in. Um, and then, yeah, I think the Yankees are worth having at least a little bit of. But there are a couple other offenses that I think make sense as just kind of throw-in stacks because offense isn't great on this slate. Like, it's just really the Reds that we like a lot. Um, but I do want to kind of like mix it around a little bit because I think ownership could be fairly concentrated on a team like the Nationals against Ivan Nova, but Nova's been better this year. He's not really that bad, so I, I don't have interest there. Um, I think the Brewers could be really chalky because of how bad Luis Castillo has been. So a lot of these teams could have pretty low ownership. Um, I think the Mets potentially against Sean Newcomb, they are really cheap, and Newcomb has a lot of upside as a strikeout pitcher, but his numbers overall are kind of just okay. Uh, last year, he had a 419 and 452 XFIP and FIP, 
367 and 360 this year. Um, I think he's good. I think he's probably a slightly above average starter, but there's definitely downside there. Like he's very walk prone. Um, his hard contact rate, it's actually kind of just okay. But uh, Newcomb walks enough guys that maybe he just doesn't pitch that deep into the game. The Braves have a bad bullpen and it's just the pricing on the Mets. Cespedes is their most expensive hitter at 4,000. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to be on them. So the Mets are kind of in the same category for me as the Yankees, where maybe they're worth having a couple stacks of. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like, this is a tough slate for offense. I don't really have too much interest in anyone else. Okay, so that is going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GNBDFS. Matt Sturdy handles that preaching sense, and we'll be back for Thursday slate.